Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly expecting some money. And Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And Peter took the man who was laying by the right hand and he helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up and he stood on his feet. He began to walk. And then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. I just feel like, I just feel like, why did it take this to go into the temple? What was wrong with the people of the temple? So all the people in the temple saw him, verse 9, walking and they heard him praising God. And when they realized that he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the gate of beautiful, they were absolutely astounded. They were amazed. They were astonished. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. I'll be honest with you, the man is walking into the temple. There is no reason to hold tightly to these two men anymore. But I believe that his holding tightly had nothing to do with the ability that he thought he would, actually that he thought he was going to fall. I think him holding on to Peter and John had everything to do with, don't leave here. Don't leave me. Because I want fully what's inside of you. And I'm going to hold on to you until I could receive thank you for giving my feedback and my strength back but I want exactly that stuff that's inside of you that's what I really want and I'm going to hold on tightly to you until I receive that stuff that's in you lies that it's really not stuff it's it's really not it it's really him I want the him that's in you but this really blessed my life because we're singing this song and we're singing freedom and we're believing freedom And I believe that many of us could relate to this man. We're in close proximity to the things of church. We're in close proximity to the things of God's house. We're even limited by the people that walk in and that walk out of this place called God's house but we come every day and we beg every day and every day man comes in and every day man comes out and there is not one man that comes to the house 
that is able to do for me what is needed to be done. I'm in close proximity to the things of God and to the so-called people of God. But yet what comes out of my mouth and what comes out of my lifestyle is just the same man. I might be close to the people and close to the house. But what you hear from me and what you see from my life is that I'm far from the one. So I've made it a casual thing. I made it normality to come to the house. And to be around the people of that house. And yet still be far away from the one. So my cry of begging still sounds the same. And the place where I'm postured still looks the same. And there's nothing of life coming from me. And people pass me every Sunday. They come in, they come out while I'm in the house of God. The lame man is saying, I'm still bound. I'm still begging. I'm still overwhelmed. I'm still hopeless. I'm still without strength. I'm still in need. Excuse me, sirs, would you have anything that you could give me? Every day. Excuse me, sirs, would you have anything you could give me every day? Oh, come on, how many of you come to church every Sunday? Excuse me, sirs, do you have anything you could give me? Every Sunday. Excuse me, sirs, do you have anything you could give me? And every Sunday, sirs would walk past him to and fro. And excuse me, sirs, is there anything that you could give me? And each one of those people missed it, missed the appointment because they didn't know the one truly. So one day, Peter and John said, let's go to the house, man. go pray to the Lord and this is interesting because it's in Acts and it's interesting because it's in Acts 3 and it's interesting because the day of Pentecost already passed I almost feel and I'm going to be very honest with you that Peter and John had no reason to be in the temple because what they were going to start establishing was temples in every community all around them but something but someone led them that day go to the temple for me there's a man there that needs an appointment with me and every day he passes by every day that passes by people walk past him to and fro and no one is able to give him not what he needs, but 
who he needs. I believe as I read Acts 3 that Peter and John were more entrusted by the Lord to go than they actually cared to even go. There was no reason for them to necessarily go to the temple because they've already had the revelation that they could pray in an upper room and the Holy Spirit could fall on them. So why would they go to a temple when they've already experienced in it in, in the upper room? So they begin to walk and they said, Lord, we're just going to go in and I guess we'll pray, but show us why you want us to come. And as these men pass by, the same voice is heard, excuse me, sirs, is there anything you could give me? And Peter looks at him and says, John, there he is. This has got to be the reason why the Holy Spirit brought us here. And he says, man, look at me. And the man looked at him and said, we do not have your silver that you long for and the gold that you long for. But what, what are they really saying? We don't have the it's that you desire, but I will show you the one that I have. And his name is Jesus. Stand up and walk. I want you to understand that the man had the cry wrong. He was crying for it's instead of crying for him. What he should have said is, excuse me, can you lift me up in Jesus' strength? But instead, he was saying, excuse me, can you give me some silver and gold? His cry should have been, excuse me. But do you know the one that they're saying makes the blind see? The lame walk. Do you know the one that they crucified and and I remember there was a, a shake and there was a darkness and there was this eclipse over the land and I saw supernatural do you know him but instead he was crying for the it and maybe some of us here are in close proximity to the house in, in close proximity to the people of but yet we and every day passes and people pass us by to and fro you are in close proximity to the it's but still your cry and your lifestyle demonstrate that you are far from the one never done ministry in close proximity to the it's but yet you do ministry far from the one I know what that's like I know what it's like to tell people you gotta seek the Lord more but there's not a seeking going on inside of me I know what it's like 
I know what it is to be in close proximity to the people and to the places, but so far from the so far from the one. That day, the man's life began. The man's life began because the man's life died. He died to the cry of, excuse me, sirs. And he died to the posture of hopelessness. And finally, two men that were not really good at it, but they were really good at who? Walked by him and introduced him to Jesus. They were really bad at it, but they were really good at who? And introduced him to Jesus. And the man found in Jesus a freedom that he never had before. He received strength in a place of where he was constantly being defeated by weakness. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that there is someone in this room that today heard that. And you just heard this, ready? You have been defeated over your weaknesses too long. And today, you need to find freedom and get up in strength. And your freedom is not necessarily found in the its, in the its of this religion or in the its of what people have to offer, but your freedom and the strength where you're no longer postured in weakness, let it be found in the who, who is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man gets up, and I love where he goes to. He runs to the ones that daily ran past him. You walked by, you walked by me every, every day. But today I walk by you to show you what you couldn't do and to demonstrate what he can do. The man walked by them, the ones who were in the house with something they've never seen and they were astonished at the miracle. They were astonished. And I don't read one time in Acts 3 where Peter and John looked at him and said, wow, we're so astonished. They actually said, that's regular. How do I know? How do I know he understood it was no longer about the it? How do I know it was no longer about the religious leaders in the temple? How do I know? Because at the end of this story, it says that when everything was done, he hung tightly to Peter and John, Robin, and, and, and I can't picture this. I can't picture, come up here. I, I can't picture this. The, the, the only way I could see it is I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going. And I could almost see Peter over here saying, bro, you need to let go of us. 
And the man who can now walk says, I'm not going. I could almost see John and Peter looking at each other, saying, what are we going to do with this guy? And, and I, could almost, I could almost see the desperation because my son does it. You know, when, when I say it's time to go to bed and go to your room, he's like, I'm not going. And he hangs on my leg and he does this. I'm not going anywhere, Dad. I want to go to sleep with you today, Dad. Dad, I'm not going to go to my bed. I'm not going to go, Dad. I'm not going to go. And I have to drag him to his room like this. You need to go, son. I'm not doing it, Dad. I'm going to go to your room. And I almost feel like that's what the, the man was doing. I'm not going. I want to know more about this one that made me walk again. I want to know about this one that gave me hope again. I want to know this one that changed my cry. I want to know this one, and I'm not going anywhere. The religious leaders could stone all three of us if they want, because you healed me on this day. But let them stone us. But tell me more. Where can I meet him? Where can I go? How can I fellowship where you guys fellowship? How do I receive that burning in your heart? How can I tell someone that's in my same position the things that you told them so that they could be made well? I want what you men have. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going. I'm not going. Let them do what they want. But I'm not going. Come on. I prophesy that over your life if that's what I have to say. Come on, the altar's open. The altar's open. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sing freedom from a different place right now. And we're gonna hold on. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't care what you hold. Today you're gonna let it go. I, I mean, what's the worst thing that you could think someone might be carrying? Let's not say some of them, but you could imagine it. Some of you probably thought murder. If there's a murder in this room, I want you to know, murderer, that that's no longer your title. Amen. Hold on. Amen. Hold on and receive the one. That might be too extreme for you to understand. But we could go down the list of everything that you might say you are and whatever posture and whatever cry you've had for so long. But I want you to know today, don't let go. Come on. Come to the one. If you heard that cry today, I want to sing from a different place. And I want to sing freedom. I want to sing freedom reigns in this place. And when I sing freedom reigns in this place, I don't know about you, but I want, I want years of bondage from my life to come off. I want my, come on, because I want, I want, this is what I want. When we sing freedom here, I believe that this is what the Holy Spirit is putting in my heart. And I believe this is what heaven wants. I want you to kiss your spouse today and say, it ain't going anywhere. When we sing freedom in this place, I want you to go back home and love your children and say, oh no, I'm not going to do anything. When we start to sing freedom in this place, I want you to look at God in the face and say, I'm not going back to that kind of lifestyle. 
I'm staying put right here. When we begin to sing freedom, I'm praying that chains and walls and strongholds and things from your parents and your parents' parents' sin would come down and fall off you like grease. That it would just come off you. That it, it, you're no longer covered in sin and you're no longer covered in shame. That there is freedom that reigns and there are showers of mercy and grace and your posture of defeat can now be a stance of victory. Your posture of, of defeat is now a stance of victory. And the stance of victory is I'm not letting go. Show me more. Show me more of the one. Come on, the altar's open. If you need to walk away from a posture of defeat and you need to enter into a stance of victory and freedom and never let go of the one Come on, and let go of your it's already. Listen, you're smart. You have ideals. You're all these great things. But let them flush in the presence of God. And let the one overwhelm you right now. Come on, let's sing this song from a deeper place. And if you need to cry, we've been praying over this family. Lord, let there be tears again. Don't hold back. But the altar's open if you heard that. And you heard God say, come on, get up from your posture of defeat and enter into the stance of victory, which might just be, I'm not letting go. Show me more of the one. The altar's open. If that's you, we want to see revival right now take place. Speed it up. 